Hello and hooray for another Encore episode. This is Catherine, and for this week's replay, I'm excited to return to season 11, where Laura shared ideas from the book Design for Belonging. After hearing Laura's learning inspirations and connections, I immediately bought the book, explored the toolkits and accompanying website, and started making connections to another favorite book, The Art of Gathering. Laura and I even created a webinar based on ideas shared on this episode and in the book. I know you'll enjoy this conversation and I hope you're also inspired by Design for Belonging. Welcome to season 11 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Catherine and I'm joined by my co-host, Laura. Hello. In this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversation of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. This week, Laura is sharing what's been inspiring her, and I can't wait to hear all about it. I am definitely excited to share this week, but I also wanted to say just first that I'm still thinking about our conversation from last week and how fun it was to discuss our shared love and inspiration from podcasts. And then Mm -hmm. second is that after we chatted, I actually changed it up a bit this week and I went beyond my list of already some subscribed daily and weekly listens that I have to listen to. And I kind of branched out to listen to some other podcasts. (laughs) I know, I know. Purely to learn, kind of in the way that you described, where I stuck with an author that I liked. It's Adam Grant is Mm -hmm. on my mind right now. Mm -hmm. And so just searched for other podcasts Mm -hmm. uh, and just discovered this truly just rabbit trail Mm -hmm. of other podcasts that he was on and even hosted. And so this was a different trajectory for learning and really kind of connecting ideas for me this week and one that I really enjoyed. Mm. So uh, also side note, it also got me to knock out some chores that I was putting off, uh, but I actually (laughs) completed because I had something new to listen to. And I think out of my usual context and routine. So shout out to learning and shout out to having a reorganized closet. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad you admired and acquired my random way of learning from podcast. And then you also inspired me with all of your talk about Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I need to go out of my own app go back and listen to some old Brene podcast. So I tried to catch up on Dare to Lead, especially, and I caught Monday's episode on Monday and it was an interview with Dr. Linda Hill on leading with purpose in the digital age. Yes. Yes. It was so good. And I'm about to listen to that one again, but I can't do it with my chores. I'm going to have to sit and take notes. I think from this episode. Um, Yes. Uh, Well, I'm so glad that you have jumped back on the Brene Brown podcast train. Uh, We can chat about it. I listened Mm -hmm. to that episode. um, I think driving into office on Monday and um, that one was a great one. And I think, yes, one that would benefit with taking notes. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to circle back to that later. Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. Okay. So quick win time, Catherine, what do you have for us this week? I just found as of this morning, a new add-on for Google slides that I think we're both going to love. Mm. And it is called speaker notes by Alice Keeler. So what it does is it takes all of your speaker notes from your slides and it puts them into a nicely formatted Google doc. 
Ooh, <laughs> it is magical. And it changes the title of your document to speaker notes for whatever your slides title is. And then each slide number is written in the heading one format. So it's very Ooh. prominent and mm -hmm. you can look at the outline view. And then all of the notes that you have in your speaker notes are underneath each heading. And then there is also a link to your slide deck at the top of, of the document. I was actually going to share something else this week. And I started searching in Alice Keeler's add-ons and I found this one and it was so perfect because we're planning for our upcoming mm -hmm, webinar mm -hmm. inspired by burnout <laughs> that episode. And we're sharing all this research and you are the one who suggested making very detailed speaker notes and then copy them into a document. When, so when I found this, I thought, oh, Laura will be so excited. I am. I am. I, because I, um, like a person of the past, I suppose, uh, do this thing where I copy the speaker notes and then I paste them into a table that I've made. But if this can magically be done for me, that is quick and a win. So I'm really excited. And I can also mark that off of my calendar because I blocked off time to actually do that. So yay, that is a great find. <laughs> yes. So it, it'll take you five seconds to do oh, that. whole. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I have five seconds. So Yes. Uh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I can't wait to play with that and use that. Um, I'm thinking of course, to benefit myself, but also, um, what an interesting and easy way, uh, or another way maybe to share information with participants as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what she said, since it is our planning and creating time for professional learning in the summer, this will be good for anyone who's planning those sessions and who likes using speaker notes. And, and then, like you said, it could be participants, it could be students students, lots of possibilities there. Ooh, good find, yes. good share. All right. Well, thank you, Alice Keeler for that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Laura, let's hear it. Tell us the what of your what, so what, at now what protocol and share the what that's inspiring you to learn this week. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, I went down some strange podcast rabbit trails this week, and I ended up listening to a recent episode of John Spencer's podcast, The Creative Classroom, where he talked to Dr. Susie Wise about her book and this idea, Designing for Belonging. And it really struck a chord with me and it caused me to do some other related rabbit trails of learning. <laughs> and so today I want to share some of Dr. Wise's work on designing for belonging. Laura, I got a little glimpse of the title of what you were sharing and we try to be surprised about each other's work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I have to admit, I am so enamored with this topic. I've already got tabs open. I have purchased the book, but I haven't yes. read it yet, <laughs> but I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about this. And uh, my mind is just kind of buzzing, connecting ideas and having things to share. And so um, my disclaimer today though, is similar to the way that a few seasons ago, I think I said every episode that I just wanted to read the entire pillars book out loud, <laughs> um, instead of trying to pull out what I wanted to talk about. 
Similarly today, I kind of really just want to press play on the podcast that I heard because I really struggled narrowing down what I wanted to share here because I just found the entire podcast to be chock full of good ideas and topics that I wanted to bring to this space here. So I know that you're going to ask me for a timer and I would just like to say that today I would really prefer to play a 40 minute podcast episode of someone else (laughs) instead of me trying to summarize it in 60 seconds or less, but I'm really going to try and I will play along today. But just disclaimer, I kind of want to just play this podcast for everyone else. That sounds amazing. And we will be ready for maybe 60 seconds plus today for the share. I, I appreciate for the addition here. So let me get this timer going and uh, give it a try. So Dr. Susie Wise is a design thinking expert who teaches at the D school at Stanford. And she found that school leaders and change makers that she works with were really finding themselves bogged down in the bigness that is making systemic changes for equity. And her aha moment and really kind of the impetus for this work was focusing on the idea of belonging and the practicality of simply designing moments of belonging and using that as this great entry point into this work. And so Susie simply defines belonging as being able to show up as your whole self and the opposite of othering. She also breaks down the goal to create a culture of belonging. And even though shaping culture can feel like a pretty daunting task, it's really just an accumulation of small moments. And so Susie has put together a design for belonging. There's my timer and I'm going to just keep going. Keep going. Uh, Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So Susie has put together a design for belonging community toolkit that really takes these big and lofty ideas and breaks them down into really practical and digestible ways to make it happen. And that's what I want to focus our conversation around today. And so the toolkit takes us through exploring belonging through three lenses, feel it, see it, and shape it. And each of these has a practical application or activity that you can try out tomorrow, which I really love. And additionally, since I'm just talking forever, um, (laughs) the illustrations and the look of her work is really colorful, but minimalistic. And it really drew me in. So there's a bonus for that as well. There are so many words in here that have already captured my attention, Mm -hmm. equity, whole self, culture of belonging. This is so exciting that you're bringing this to us. Let's just keep going. Tell us the so what about designing for belonging that is inspiring you to learn. I was just instantly captivated by the way listening to Susie on the podcast, she was just able to take these big ideas and break them down in a way that was not only easy to understand, but had some starting points and application exercises. And I also loved how this framework toolkit that she's built could work for multiple contexts. So if you wanted to do some self-work, you can run with it. It could work with students in a classroom, um, a small team of colleagues or really just any community, I suppose. And and I guess that's the reason that she's called it a design for belonging community toolkit. And so really jumping into this toolkit is what has inspired me to learn more and think about these different lenses um, that I can apply this work to. This is also sending the vibes of art of gathering and design Mm. for connection as Mm -hmm. well. So 
I want to hear more. And thinking about all of these different places where we need to think about how this could work sounds Mm -hmm. fantastic. So let's dig into that toolkit and the three lenses that you mentioned. All right, you got it. So first, the first lens as we are exploring belonging is feel it. And we've got two activities for this section. And so the first is simply creating a mind map or a word web that has the word belonging in the middle with the question, what do you associate with the word or the feeling of belonging? And so just a nice, simple, easy kind of entry point into thinking about feeling belonging. And then The second activity, as we're thinking about feeling it, is pretty cool, and it's one that I've been thinking about. And so you're asked to create a map that answers the question, where do you feel a sense of belonging? And so you're encouraged to download or create a map of your city or your campus, your office, your classroom, and physically highlight where it is that you feel that sense of belonging and where you don't. And then the follow-up question is, how do you know? And so on the podcast, John Spencer mentioned having his students do this with a map of the classroom. Mm. It was a really interesting mm-hmm. sounding exercise to just see how some groups of students, for example, um, the example he gave were he has some just open, ready to use whiteboards. The students can come and grab to use to brainstorm or take notes, you know, whatever they want to. And he had it set up as like anyone can use them. But when he saw the, the maps of belonging that his students created, uh, he realized that some groups of students did not mark that as a place of belonging. And his example was, it was actually the boys in his class uh, were were feeling happy and that they belonged to just grab those whiteboards and, and the girls felt more hesitancy. And so I loved this idea of having a map to show where it is you feel that belonging. And again, I kind of thought about that for myself and my own work habits. And then I really started thinking about the in-person sessions that I facilitate down to that example of whiteboards. So at our service center at Region 10, we have these beautiful presentation rooms and we have a lot of whiteboards, like all of the surfaces and the walls are whiteboards as well. And I think I usually just say like, hey, feel free to do this, like grab a marker right on the wall. And this really made me think about, okay, is just throwing out that open statement enough? Have I really created this sense of belonging Mm -hmm. that this Mm -hmm. space is yours Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable getting up? And if I were a participant, would I actually feel like I belong Mm -hmm. enough to do that? And so that has really given me some pause and some thought. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting because we have, I know in past sessions said, right on the board, do this. And it stays a blank space, not yeah, used. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, thinking about some intentional moves to encourage that and design that space with the participants in mind is powerful. And then I'm also thinking about as people come in the room, where do they gravitate? Mm-hmm. Where do they sit? And then of course, I'm jumping to classrooms. Of you course. have the kids who wanted to sit against the wall or the ones who wanted to sit next to the teacher space. Ooh, okay. So many ideas. I can see why you just wanted to replay the podcast. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, my mind is just spinning. <laughs> okay. So tell us then about the next part though, the see it lens of the toolkit. 
Okay, sure. So this next section asks us to consider a couple of questions. How do I know I belong? And what could I change if I could? And the corresponding activity here is to create a belonging journey map in which you're asked to think about a specific period of time and really map it or track it on this XY axis to think about when and where you really feel belonging. And so the classroom example begins the line of that journey with when I moved here. Susie talks about on the podcast, having students track their belonging from maybe when they join the class or through a six week period or a semester, and then use that map as a kind of data, if you will, to have some self-reflective conversations and have students encourage that self-advocacy if they're feeling times and spaces when they really don't feel that belonging, as well as create that community to have a place where everyone feels that they belong and they aren't feeling othered. And so I really like this idea of a journey map. And I think there are different iterations and lots of times our personal journey maps are part of DEIB work, but I really like this specificity of being able to track what's going on. When do I feel like I belong? When do I not? And giving students again, kind of that power or self-reflective advocacy to make a change if something is not working. I can see this is so relevant right now in our organization with so many new team members Mm -hmm. and we've got some movement among teams and thinking about this journey here, I feel good in this office, in this space with this leader, but then it's Mm -hmm. um, below the axis or above. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, Okay, I hope you're going to pass this along to absolutely, absolutely. And I have to say also what I love about this is the multiple lenses that have kind of been activated. So I was thinking that for us internally right now, but also thinking about this time of the year as we're kind of wrapping things up, we do a lot of work with instructional leaders and coaches and what an interesting kind of end of the year activity this could be mm-hmm. um, as we're kind of charting uh, yet another wild school year and really having some of those hard conversations to name it so that we can, uh, this is kind of moving to this next section, but shape it or rethink some of our moments as we plan for next year to make sure that everyone on our team really does feel like they belong Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's hard to be a teacher right now. And if you don't have that connection and belonging, it's even harder. So I'm just thinking about this as an end of the year reflection piece Mm -hmm. um, with teams as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll keep talking about the shape it lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the final section is the shape it section. And this is the one that really made me think of so many things that we have discussed here and outside of the podcast studio about Priya Parker and the art of gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, it has this nice graphic that really drew me in that lists a number of moments. And so the moments are invitation, entering, joining, contributing, growing, repairing, making demands, dissenting, dancing, and community. And they're drawn out in this really nice and eye-catching kind of a way. But basically, you're asked to think about which of these moments exist in your space. And that can be your classroom or your training or, you know, whatever it is. 
And how might you redesign them or rethink them? So again, you're being asked, which moments have I noticed and what needs to change? And so this opens up a little bit more of a detailed conversation that I just want to keep kind of surface level without without getting too deep in the weeds. But Susie also has these levers to explore as you are rethinking moments. And so some of these levers are space? How are we designing our space um, from the invitation and the entrance so that everyone feels like they belong? Or what roles can we craft to include everyone? She uses this word ritual instead of classroom procedures or policy. How can we shape and create rituals for our community that are designed intentionally to include everyone and other no one? And so I really like this, again, kind of practicality and simplicity of thinking like, oh, yeah, this is a moment uh, that I have in my sessions all the time, the invitation Am I doing this in a way that is truly inclusive and makes everyone feel like they belong? Mm. Okay. So yes, I do see so many art of gathering elements here. And I also just finished up an art of gathering book study with our digital learning team. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they said, and what I see echoed here is this idea of making a non-threatening space. Mm -hmm. And if you have all of these details in the invitation, where to park, how to enter, what to bring, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen, then I think that makes people feel safer and that they can contribute. Also the entrance and then the joining piece. How do you encourage that connection with Mm -hmm. others? So I love all of those different categories. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I really like is even just the change of language Mm -hmm. ritual rather Mm -hmm. than the procedure. So how do you have rituals for dissenting or making demands? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the next piece that I wanted to say. So each of these moments, they follow this little path, but I don't think it's necessarily a continuum, but it certainly starts with invitation and entrance. But some of the things near the end of the path are two that really stood out to me because I don't think I had really spent a lot of time thinking about these, or or she said it in a way that was just different enough to really kind of uh, turn a light bulb on in my head. And so one of the the moments to consider is this moment of dance. And at first I was like, when do we have moments of dance? Is this like a movement break? What is this? She described this as achieving this sense of belonging where your participants or your students or your community members can feel kind of like a dance. Uh, this moment of flow where you know that you're part of something and you're truly belonging in that safety that you feel if you are brave enough to be on a dance floor or just kind of mm-hmm. feeling a flow, you really truly feel like you are part of the community and you belong. And so if you don't have those moments, what are some things that you can do to put in place uh, to make sure people can feel like they are their whole selves and can really get into that natural flow? similar to a dance. Mm, oh, I love that so much. And Me too. I, Me too. I, I think it's really hard to mm-hmm. create that. And so again, some of the other conversations we've had, you have to design for these mm-hmm. experiences. 
Okay. Keep and going. then um, a- another one, and this is the one that you mentioned, was mm-hmm. this idea of making demands. And so Susie said something that really resonated with me uh, to say that dissenting is powerful because you feel so included and so much that you belong. You're so integral to that community that you are safe enough, comfortable enough to raise concerns about what isn't working. And that is not really something that I had thought about, but thinking about creating these safe spaces and communities that not only do you feel welcomed, not only do you feel like there are multiple places in the map that you really belong, they're yours. You can get into this flow, this dance piece, but you're so comfortable and so part of the community that you are safe enough to say, hey, this is not working for me. And I have really been hanging on to that one. And I think Mm. it is making me think about a lot of the conversations we've had about student advocacy and Mm -hmm. student agency or giving students the power to make choices in their own learning and identify their learning preferences. Mm -hmm. And this make demands really kind of connected some thinking there for me. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, how do you create that psychological safety Mm -hmm. as a classroom teacher, as a professional learning facilitator, as a leader? How do you do that where people do feel comfortable enough to dissent? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, all of this gets to be kind of a lot. And this is, of course, the last section and it's the shape it. And I think it's the least quick fix, if you will. The others, you know, it's pretty quick to be able to feel what belonging feels like and be able to map that out. This is a larger piece, but I like that she's made it pretty accessible by just asking what are a couple of moments that I've noticed and what needs to change. And so kind of backing away from that overwhelm, which was again, her impetus for creating this from the get-go, what are some bite-sized things that you can just think about um, to make those changes instead of being um, overwhelmed by changing an entire culture? Right, right. Ooh, Laura. Okay. Can we just stop recording now so I can go listen to the podcast and then read my book? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Press pause for 40 minutes and then uh, pop pop back in. (laughs) Okay. So that being said, um, again, I really struggled kind of honing in what are the biggest takeaways because I haven't read the book yet. I have also ordered it, but just listened to this 40 minute podcast with John Spencer, but also the design for belonging website has this really great introductory six minute video of Susie Mm -hmm. describing this framework and overview thinking. There are some of those great illustrations that are part of the video. And so if you don't have 40 minutes, take six minutes and Mm -hmm. listen to the intro, because I think that sparked a lot of thinking just right there for me Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Same. And that's what I did get my sneak peek in watching that video. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, you will be invested in this work after watching that video. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yes. So we have a couple of related, uh, but not quite directly part of the toolkit things that I want to share. And so one of them is on the website, there are a couple of case studies of schools that she's worked with. And one of them was a design for belonging in the outdoors challenge. And at region 10, we have an academics outdoors program. So that kind of made Mm -hmm. me think, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, we are always talking about uh, moving and getting outside and finding a window. How can we move? 
move things. And so these were lovely. And I love that it was thinking through that outdoors lens. And so one of the challenges is add a walking meeting to your day. Notice Mm. what shifts or start your next meeting with a check-in. What's your favorite outdoor spot? capture what you hear. And so I like that there was belonging for the outdoors as well. Uh, Another cool challenge. That will make our friend Holly happy to explore. Shout out to Holly. Absolutely. (laughs) And then one more just bug that I want to put into your ear is there is a really good and interesting conversation that is on the podcast with John Spencer, in which we're thinking about building this community and uh, using the lever of communication. Uh, as part of our ritual and some really interesting conversation about students who code switch and how to make sure that belonging is for all of our students and honoring the the work that is code switching and how to talk about it with students. It it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I only wanted to give a sneak preview because if I start talking about it, I'm going to talk to you for another 25 minutes. Okay. Um, But but that was a really cool part of the podcast. It was just kind of another layer that I hadn't necessarily thought of in the way that she was specifically talking about it. So okay, listen to that as well. Okay, Laura, you have definitely inspired me to learn more today. And I, again, I want to stop right now, go listen to the podcast and spend time thinking about this in personal worlds and in professional worlds. And then what can we share with teachers? So what a beautiful introduction. Awesome. Also, we need to shout out John Spencer multiple times because you last season had another listen on a podcast and you heard a great interview with him. And I don't know if you know this, Laura, but we interviewed John Spencer. He was our tech conference keynote speaker. So we've got a podcast episode with John Spencer that uh, that's right. I forgot about that. And that was a live interview. Yes. Right? It was part of a conference. Yes. On the stage with John uh, Spencer. So, so cool. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll put those links in the show notes so you can hear more of how John Spencer's work has inspired us to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So as you know, we want to use our episodes as a place to launch further thinking. We want to challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what? So Laura, now what? What are some next steps from here to incorporate ideas about designing for belonging into your work or further your learning? Sure. So I think to try to be concise for the Mm. first time uh, on this episode, (laughs) I'm going to say share and apply. Mm. So share some of the ideas from the toolkit with educators in some of the sessions that I'm presenting this summer to challenge them to consider designing their classrooms Mm -hmm. for next fall to really Mm -hmm. include some of these elements of Mm -hmm. belonging. And then the second piece is to apply it. Really, again, take what I'm designing to see am I creating inclusive environments? Am I designing for belonging? And then really, I think I'm going to challenge myself to choose one of those moments for redesign. And so again, this idea of getting people comfortable in a dance flow or Mm -hmm. making demands is that I think elevated layer of psychological safety. And I don't know if I can do it in one three hour session this Mm -hmm. summer, uh, but definitely think about 
about intentionally planning to try to get there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, beautiful, beautiful ideas for your mm. now what. And then we can have conversations off the podcast for things like virtual or asynchronous kinds of sessions. How can you establish that? And where have we seen that done well versus Mm. uh, one hour synchronous versus three hours? I mean, all these different places. Oh yeah. How how can we add those different moments in there? So I love that. And then a final thing, sorry, I know I said two, but I'm adding on to it. Uh-huh. It's, it's my vibe today. Uh, I have also ordered the book because I've got to read it. I, I've got to learn more. And again, I'm just really captivated by this simplistic yet really appealing illustration style. And I just think so much of it is relevant to apply. And so I can't wait to have even more. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. So we'll stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned indeed. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about designing for belonging. And remember, we are dedicated to transforming our thinking about professional learning, and we know that seat time in a traditional session is not the only way to learn. We continue to be inspired by conversations that shape and change our behaviors, and we want to honor this and other alternative forms of PD. So this season, join us for an experiment, and after listening to our episode, you're invited to complete a reflection form that's linked in the show notes to share what you learned and how you plan to integrate the information. You'll then receive a certificate of credit for your thoughtful responses. You can also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, now what, and so what of your thinking. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.